The PWC Network. What the world is watching and listening to. everybody and welcome to another episode of the far center with me christopher amps that's ambs like lambs with noel or bullshit first thing in the morning um want to welcome you guys to uh what i think should be a pretty interesting uh topic today um and it's something that's that's been on my mind just recently as i've been kind of looking out at the world and um the way that we, I guess particularly in the West, um, have this tendency to feel guilt for things that have happened in the past. And um, I, I don't mean personal guilt, by the way. Um, I think that personal guilt is a good thing. Um, it helps us to not only know when we've made mistakes, um, but also to try to um, do what we can to not repeat them. Um, most people listening to this have made mistakes in their life they've done things that um, not only would they think that other people feel were um, less than what they were capable of but that they feel uh, they've done things that they should be capable to not do they feel as though they've failed at something and in fact the word sin uh, actually comes from a Greek archery term, uh, which means to miss the mark. Um, and that's what we do when we sin. That's what we do. That's that's the that's the sort of you know the 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 more the the less religious um, view of the word sin is. We have something that we're aiming at, and we miss the mark. Right? We know we can hit the mark, but we missed it. Um, now, anyone who's ever practiced archery or any kind of uh, practice shooting will know that <clears throat> even if you're a good shot, there are going to be times when you miss. Whatever happened, uh, you know, a, a cricket landed on your knee right as you were squeezing the trigger, or, um, you know, the wind caught your, your arrow just the right way. Um, missing the mark is something that happens to everybody right and that's what the word sin comes from 
but I wanted to talk to you a little bit about um, original sin, the idea of original sin and how I feel like it's been secularized. Um, in other words, it's been taken out of the religious domain and put into the secular domain. Um, and it's been changed a little bit, <laughs> uh, as with a lot of um, what I think of as formerly religious ideals. Um, when they when they find their way into the secular domain, they are often mutated versions of themselves. Um, so I guess I should explain to you what original sin is, like the idea of original sin. And that is, um, it's a very Christian idea. It's one of the sort of foundational Christian beliefs. It's something that uh, became official doctrine of Christian churches during the Creed of Nicaea, uh, which was around 300 years after the death of Jesus Christ. Um, when church members basically came together and decided what would and what wouldn't be part of doctrine moving forward for the Christian church. The, the idea behind original sin is basically this. Um, because Adam and Eve fell from the Garden of Eden, because they sinned and partook of the fruit, that means that all of us, all human beings, are born into a life of sinfulness. That we are all bad, essentially, at the core. And we need sacrifices in order to um, become acceptable to God. Now, in the Jewish tradition and in basically all ancient uh, traditions and religions, this is done by sacrificing animals to God, right? Um, the Norse you know, did this with goats and sheep the same way that the ancient Jews did it. Um, many, many cultures in world history also sacrificed human beings um, in this same kind of idea of I am not worthy and because I am imperfect, my God won't listen to me, won't care for me, won't take care of me unless we give God something back, right? Um, so that's kind of the idea of original sin. We are all imperfect. Because we are all imperfect, we need a sacrifice, which of course leads to the whole idea of Jesus Christ being the sacrifice for everyone, et cetera, et cetera. But I'm going to stick with, uh, I'm, I'm going to stick to what I'm, what I'm sort of talking about here, which is this idea that because of Adam, we are all sinners. We are all guilty, terrible, awful creatures whom God cannot love. <laughs> um, I have always had a problem with original sin, even when I, uh, even when I was a religious person. Um, and I will credit Mormonism with me having a problem with, with original sin, because Mormonism, in fact, does not believe in original sin, that we are not guilty um, on behalf of Adam. Uh, but that we are guilty of our own mistakes, um, that our own mistakes and our own um, imperfections make us um, unworthy to stand before God, which is, you know, that's why Mormons are Christian, because they believe that Jesus had to sacrifice himself in order so that we can uh, stand before God. 
because of our imperfections. But they don't believe in original sin, which is why Mormons believe that if you die before the age of eight, for instance, um, you go straight to heaven. You don't, you, you do not pass go, do not collect $200. You just go straight to heaven um, because uh, in the Mormon tradition, small children, because their brains aren't fully developed and they don't yet qu quite understand good from evil, right from wrong, um, they're incapable of sinning. Um, they're incapable of being imperfect before God. They are born perfect, and it is only through um, their own mistakes, our own mistakes, as we grow and become older, that we become imperfect in front of God. I have always hated the idea of original sin anyway, because I just think to myself that why in the world would I take upon myself the guilt of what someone else has done. In my, in my life, I would say that I have enough things about myself um, that I feel guilty about. There are enough sins that I've committed to where I, I certainly don't think it's fair for someone to expect me to take upon the guilt that someone else has caused themselves. But I want to talk about not so much the religious idea of original sin, which is that. What I want to talk about is this very strange circumstance that I've noticed um, specifically in the last maybe 15 years. And that is that many people around the world have started to uh, disconnect from the idea of original sin in the religious sense. Um, it is no longer considered an acceptable thing to say, you know, in most, in most situations, really. It, it, unless you're talking directly to religious people, it's not really considered appropriate to talk about original sin as if that's really a thing. Most people in most circumstances would look at the idea that uh, we are all fallen and imperfect thanks to Adam as an overly religious idea. But that doesn't mean that, uh, that these people do not accept a sense of shared and unearned guilt. They do. They've simply taken it from the religious and placed it into the secular. And this is what I mean by that. No longer are you and I and every human being guilty of the original sin of um, Adam. Instead, each of us appear to be guilty of the original sins of our group identity. So, uh, a good example of this... A good example of this is um, things like in America, they have the 1619 Project, right? Where there are a number of people who are trying to claim that America's actually, America actually began in 1619, and it began because people wanted to have slaves, and it was all about slaves, and the only thing that America really stands for is slaves, and the, everything that, that is American is just slavery, and you should feel terrible if you're American because you are guilty of your group's crime of slavery. 
and it's not just America. Um, I, you know, those of you, those of you who are listening probably know that I, you know, I do a lot of my PWC shows with, uh, with Jimmy and, uh, Jimmy's Australian and Australians, they, they actually have a national sorry day as, as odd as that might sound, although as perfectly Britishly colonial, colonial, that sounds, um, they have a national sorry day. Um, where essentially Australians are all meant to feel sorry for um, the fact that the Aborigines, uh, when Australians first became Australian, in other words, when the British col colonialists um, took over in Australia and built Australia into what it is today, um, they didn't include uh, the Aborigines people enough. Because of that, that is their original sin, right? That is that is like the founding document of Australia. That just like slavery is the founding document of America. And colonialism, again, in Canada, where I'm from, is considered to be our original sin. Um, and there was colonialism in many, many countries. Uh, that is a thing that happened for a long, long time. But it wasn't the foundational document of those nations. And you can clearly see that it is not the foundational document in the, in, in the former colonies. So in the United States, in Canada, in Australia, you can clearly see that these are countries whose foundation is freedom, liberty, goodness. And you can see that because for the most part, what they've given to the world is freedom, liberty, and goodness. As I grew up as a Canadian, I used to hear constantly from everyone in every different direction how polite we are right uh you people are just so nice why are canadians so nice you guys just you're so nice you're nice 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 and that became a source of pride for me as a canadian that we were seen as good people around the world and we still are seen as good people around the world but it's no longer acceptable in my country within our country to say that we are good people because our founding document according to a certain sect of people in this country is colonialism and i do not believe that colonialism i want to i want to make clear um did some absolutely terrible things and i know that it did and i feel i feel a lot of that pain that people talk about when they talk about what happened with colonialism i want to give you an example so residential schools in canada um, was something that the at the time british government uh, basically enforced in this nation as they enforced in other places. And I'll get to that in a second. But basically the idea was that the government was going to take children 
from homes of non-Brits, and they were going to uh, anglicize them. In other words, they were going to transform the next generation into perfect little British subjects, even if they weren't born British. Lots of families dealt with this. Um, I, for instance, I, I, I have an uncle uh, who's not really my uncle, but my my uncle anyway. Um, and he and his sister went to a residential school because they were from Germany. And they were beaten when they spoke German. And they were not allowed to celebrate uh, their German heritage or their German language or any of those kinds of things. And it was basically beaten out of them to the point where um, a lot of really terrible things happened to people. Now, this was, I would say, unfairly weighted against the Aboriginal people in Canada. Um, I think that it's safe to say that they lost more due to residential schools than any other group in this country. And in fact, a lot of people within the Aboriginal community will tell you that they lost a generation. There's a lost generation of their people because of residential schools. That is true and terrible and awful. But I didn't do it. <laughs> and neither did you. If you're listening to this, you don't own slaves. You never kidnapped anyone from their home and sent them to a residential school. Um, you are not guilty of the crimes of people who have come before you any more than you are guilty of crimes of people beside you, next to you, away from you. You aren't guilty of your neighbor's crimes. You aren't guilty of your parents' crimes. Um, what a terrible and frightening world we would live in if that were the case. I want to specifically talk about how we're not guilty of our uh, group crimes. And I want to make it very clear um, as well as I can. My mother was a bastard-born little Irish girl um, here in the Canadian wilderness. <laughs> and um, because she was bastard-born at the time that she was, and because her mother was very young, um, she was put up for adoption. She was adopted by a Canadian-English family, a very, very anglicized family here in Canada. Um, and of all the last names they could have possibly had, their last name is Cromwell. If you know anything about Irish history, you'll recognize the, the name Cromwell as being, well, not great for the Irish. Um, I'm not going to go into it. But essentially, the most famous person with the last name Cromwell was one Lord Cromwell, um, who basically is the scourge of the Irish nation. So my mother was a bastard-born little Irish girl here in northwestern Ontario and was adopted by a family of anglicized Canadians with the last name Cromwell. 
And I've, I've got to say that a lot of people listening right now, um, those who consider themselves to be liberal or leftist, who have any idea of um, British and Irish history, are probably right now cringing, going, oh no, the Cromwells. And that's the most unfair thing and uncharitable thing that you could possibly think to yourself right now. And I hope you're ashamed when I explain to you who these, who this Cromwell family was. My grandparents, Jack and B. Cromwell, were two of the absolute best human beings that I have ever known in my life. They never once made my mother nor her children feel as if they were bastard-born Irish kids. We were their kids. My mom was their daughter. And I was their grandson. My grandma and grand grandpa are not guilty of the crimes of Lord Cromwell or any other Cromwell who's ever Cromwelled before. <laughs> they were the absolute best of people. And they had nothing but good things and positive things for my mother to think of herself as she grew up. They never made her feel less than. They never made her feel bad. They never made her feel like she didn't belong to them. She was theirs. And you know, on the other side of my family, um, my opa was in Hitler Youth. My dad's dad was a awful little Nazi, <laughs> if I can be completely honest. And his wife was in concentration camps in Germany before the end of the war. <clears throat> so what exactly would you have me do? What, what exactly would you have me take responsibility for? Should I take responsibility for the family who raised my mom, who were Cromwells? Um, would you have me take responsibility for all of the terrible things that Lord Cromwell did? Um, because he happens to probably have been uh, related? Would you have me take responsibility for my Opa's awful upbringing and the stupid, terrible things that he believed when he was a child? Or would you have me... Um, would you have me say that I'm, I'm a victim because my Oma was in concentration camps? Which one of those things is true? Am I a victim because I'm a poor little Irish? Because, you know, my, my mother was a poor little bastard Irish baby? Or am I guilty of the British side of the family that adopted her? Do I deserve your, your sympathy for my, my dad's mom being raped in concentration camps? Or do I deserve to feel guilty because my opa believed that the Jews were bad? Exactly who should I feel guilty on behalf of? And I want you to I want you to think about that. 
and I'm going to finish this by by talking about something in historical context. Okay. Um, people have this tendency to really focus in on the pitfalls and the terrible things that certain groups have done. And I'm, I'm going to be very clear with you when I say this. It's white people. <laughs> it, is, it is absolutely white people that liberal and leftist people want to feel guilty about their group dynamics. If you're British, you're supposed to feel bad because your people had colonialism. If you're German, you're supposed to feel bad because your people were, you know, had the Holocaust. If you're Canadian or Australian, you're supposed to feel bad about the fact that your countries uh, weren't very nice to the Aboriginal people. But if you meet somebody from Turkey, you're not supposed to make them feel bad about the Young Turks, about the Armenian Genocide, about a million people dead within a number of years. You're not supposed to make the Turks feel bad about that. You're supposed to feel ashamed of yourself if you're from Texas, but you're not supposed to feel ashamed of yourself if you're from Saudi Arabia or Lebanon. You're supposed to feel embarrassed about the fact that the British Empire conquered one quarter of the planet at one point and uh, had colonies all over the place. You're supposed to feel really, really bad about that if you're British. But when's the last time you blamed a Mongolian uh, <laughs> for what the Mongols did in the 1100s? When's the last time you met someone from Mongolia and thought, I hope you feel ashamed of yourself? You don't. Because that would be ridiculous. And I think that this whole idea of original sin, whether the original religious version or the current mutated secular version, is nonsense. And it should be condemned in as harsh a language as you can possibly imagine. I think that what's happened recently in Israel is another good example of this, right? Every Israeli person is meant to feel guilt about the fact that they live where they live. <laughs> but no one else in the area is meant to feel guilt about anything that they've actually done, right? The people who are just living there and want to want to just have peace and be left alone, you know, those people are expected to feel guilty because of the way Israel became a thing after World War II. But the people who are actually committing atrocities, we're told to feel sorry for them because their circumstances were bad. Something bad happened to them, right? I've seen a lot of people 
talk about how, oh, this person, you know, we can't be too harsh on the terrorists because bad things might have happened to their family, and that's terrible. Truly, it is terrible. But it is not an excuse to go and kill innocent people. And expecting murderers to feel guilty for what they've done is a reasonable response. But expecting people who just want to live somewhere in peace to feel guilty for the way that their country acted 60 years ago, 100 years ago, 1,000 years ago, that is ridiculousness. And you should not do that. I feel profoundly guilty for the things that I've done in my life that are sinful. Whenever I've missed the mark, I have felt terrible about it. And some of those things still haunt me to this day. Things that I've done. And I don't I don't mean to say that I've done truly awful things. I mean, like I, I cheated on a girlfriend. And um, still to this day, it bothers me that I did that. Because I know I missed my own mark. Each of us misses the mark. We all sin. But I really, truly hope that as you're finishing listening to this Far Center, you can stop feeling guilty for what someone else did. Focus on yourself. Focus on hitting your own target. Because feeling guilt for the fact that someone else 60 years ago, 100 years ago, 1,000 years ago, Feeling guilty for them missing the mark is not going to do you any good at all. At all. Anyway, thanks for listening, guys. Um, I hope you liked it. I hope this was uh, I hope this was informative, and I hope that I got your brains working. And um, if I did, just remember to share this out, leave a comment. Uh, Send me something on Twitter, at ChrisAms1. Um, and just let me know what you think. Um, let me know what, you know, let me know that uh, if you feel guilty about what other people have done. Or if you just feel guilty about what you've done. Which I think is the healthy um, way of looking at life. Anyway, thanks a lot, everybody, for listening. Thanks for being here on the Far Center. And, uh... Catch you next time. I walk away like a movie star who gets burned in a three-way script into number two. Play the scene of bringing all the good things out in me. But for now, love, let's.
be real I never thought I could act this way And I've got to say that I just don't get it I don't know where we went wrong But the feeling's gone And I just can't get it back If you could read my mind, love What a tale my thoughts could tell Just like an old-time movie About a ghost from a wishing well In a castle dark Or a fortress strong With chains upon my feet Stories always end If you read between the lines You'll know that I'm just trying to understand The feelings that you lack I never thought I could feel this way And I've got to say that I just don't get it I don't know where we went wrong But the feeling's gone And I just can't get it back PWC Network, what the world is watching and listening to.